Hi everyone. Um, very happy to be uh, sharing the screen today with my very, very good friend, uh, Sean Gratton. Uh, we've been asked uh, by Circuit to uh, conduct a kind of interview discussion uh, about Sean's movie, Had Had, which is playing on Circuit at the moment. And um, well, I know quite a bit about the movie because um, we're old friends and um, but I was very happy to be asked to uh, have this discussion because it's an excuse to revisit the movie at a very, I think, uh, uh, appropriate time because of the themes of the movie. Um, so we'll, we'll get into it. Sean is a um, filmmaker uh, originally from New Zealand, uh, but he has been based in, um, in Los Angeles, California in the US uh, for about 10 years, I believe. Mm -hmm. And um, he's uh, still making films, currently working on a new project. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to be discussing getting hopefully into the weeds, I, I, I hope, about the, the very uh, uh, intense meanings and methods of the movie. Um, and so um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So hi, Sean. Welcome. Hey, Manuel. Thank you. Great to be here. And thank you for being here, too super nice and yeah I, it's a, a nice opportunity so thank you to mark and circuit um i was a little surprised <laughs> in a way to and mark is a great supporter of the work and it was nice to uh, be prompted to think about the movie again in, in a way I, I do feel a little bit haunted by the movie because it was really the last proper artwork that I completed and it, it was eight years ago now um so yeah so, so. it's uh, from 2012 mm -hmm. and I know that you you uh, made it in the context of CalArts and and so forth but maybe you could just begin by telling us a little bit about when it was made and in what context specifically yeah uh well it was you know technically it was my thesis movie so it's what I made in order to graduate from the um, experimental film program at CalArts, which is the reason why I left New Zealand. And uh, so I, I can't remember exactly when I started writing the script, but it was at some point partway through the, my degree. Um, but really, it mostly came together in 2011. Script writing and pre-production and we shot it in December of that year in a vacation rental in um, a place called Pine Mountain Club, which is uh, up in the hills in Kern County, which is just north of Santa Clarita, where, where CalArts is located. And yeah, we just, we, we, we decamped to the, to the property and cast and crew were uh, sleeping on site. Um, some people came and went because they were still in school. Um, and yeah, went ahead and, and shot the movie. Had an awesome uh, cast and crew. Pretty much I knew everyone. Um, they were friends or friends of friends from school. So it really had a, it had a special vibe actually of that, that kind of, um, in a way, a little bit related to horror movies that, that get made on a shoestring budget where they go and, you know, it's just kind of cheaper to everyone go at the same time and stay somewhere on location. And you, it's kind of like camping, I guess, in a way. Um, 
and yeah, the shoot took about a week and or yeah, about five days of of, of actual shooting. Everything was very. I'm very organized, so every every day was very very highly scheduled, and yeah, got all the shots. Everything was storyboarded, and yeah, then the post production was completed in the beginning first part of 2012 um yeah in order so to it, graduate it's quite quite interesting that um in the sense it was your thesis movie and the way that you're uh talking about it uh you know shot on a on a on a very uh, uh tight budget and in just a few days what's striking to me when i hear you say that is that actually it seems so professionally produced and like really really stunning cinematography sound quality of the image just everything is uh so precise um and so i wonder what was that like managing i guess if you're working with people who are still in school and how does that kind of in a way also determine the mood because the the mood of the movie and we should state it's a kind of horror in terms of genre right although it's very ambiguous mm -hmm. so the mood is kind of horrific uh there's a real kind of tension that's just under the surface just under the skin constantly and it never quite explodes and that to me suggests a kind of control uh that is almost antithetical to what we would consider a kind of um you know uh, uh having to deal with student performers and so forth so how did you how did you it seems like that was very intentional in a way no yeah yeah that's super um super interesting to think about uh i guess on the one hand maximum credit has to go to the crew who were largely i mean everyone was from my program in the film school so we all had a lot of technical training um a great guy travers jacobs from from texas was shot a lot of people's work at school so a lot of credit goes to him for the cinematography um and but really also many other people francisco and alex and calman i would love to name everybody uh everyone devoting their time is so beautiful really i mean it was a shoestring budget as far as financial costs that were spent the main cost was the house rental but it was everyone's labor which is in film production labor is really or actually in a, in in many in industries labor is a really big um you know big cost uh, but because everyone's donating their time for free i really became obsessed about making sure that everything was as organized as possible and i don't waste anyone's time um and it's also just my nature to to organize uh my method of editing is is very um it's just another layer of structure so the the production the shooting is really about getting the shots so it has the same um it it has this efficiency about it and that comes with this level of uh or this need for control but it thematically it, it's kind of funny in a way because the the actors also who were extremely talented uh, most of them were coming from the uh from the theater school at cal arts and um just you know really good at getting off book you know memorizing script and then i kind of uh 
implemented this sort of performance framework for everyone. Pretty much everyone got the same direction, um, which is this very kind of, uh, yeah, highly kind of, what do you say? Um, f I don't know, fabricated. I mean, performance is fabricated anyway, but uh, yeah, there was kind of a little bit of a, I want to say sleight of hand, but that's not really the right expression. I guess there's this one of the ruse, ruses of the movie is that the the characters may or may not be already cyborgs, um, and so there's, there's this the the tight performance framework becomes a metaphor for the 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 tightness of the the, the character's belief in the coming technological singularity, um, and likewise the cinematography too. Everything is just very very. Um, stripped down to the bare essentials as if to say uh there's no room anymore for for um for human expression because the the technological determinism is just so so profound so it's almost like uh more, i mean the feeling one has and it's very successful i think is that you're not hearing a script and you're not watching a movie but you're kind of every single step of the way you're wondering if uh you're watching an algorithm play itself out right like this really discrete set of steps and i mean um you know there's so many interesting uh ways in which that suggests a kind of conscious uh um uh interaction with questions of genre and, and filmmaking as a structural uh uh, uh art form um, but before we get into the kind of those really deep questions, just uh, presumably people who are listening to this have watched the movie, but maybe it would be useful to just take a quick step back and uh, maybe describe in as few words as possible, what is this movie about? Like what actually happens in this movie, right? It's a 40 minute movie. Uh, it has a pretty um, um, stark, let's say, uh, introduction kind of, something that happens and then it's not really a resolution but uh certainly some kind of like um event essentially that really transforms uh our perception as an as an audience member so i wonder if you would take a stab at uh just describing what actually happens uh what is your what is your definition of how how to describe what happens in this movie in a way that allows us then to jump into the deeper themes yeah um well, in a way that I could, yeah, I could answer that just by describing the plot in a way, because the plot is not, to know what the plot is, 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 is a little bit beside the point anyway, that's not uh, a spoiler in any way. So it's, it takes this very simple framework of, that is lifted from, from horror genre, which is that there's a group of people who, um, you know, they may be strangers. They may they may know each other really well in in the genre, uh, and then they they have gone to exist or gone on a vacation um, to a, some kind of an isolated environment. And uh, normally in a horror movie, there's some kind of transgression, and the the it's like a moral transgression, and then the 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 individuals who are often teenagers, this is in the kind of classic sort of 80s, 70s, 80s horror, they will be punished for the transgression. Um, and it will, the punishment will, will come from some uh, outside 
uh, outsider who who intrudes on the uh, on the activities. Um, so that's kind of the the plot in a nutshell, really. Um, and but so I kind of yeah I removed a lot of the um, not all but a lot of the the sort of stylistic choices or the stylistic um, elements, sorry, of uh, of horror, and and made everything very beige. Um, and then also kind of made the intruder a little bit more absurd and not necessarily immediately um, scary, but just more kind of odd. Um, yeah. So so there's this group of five people, right? I think it's um, three women, two men. Um, and they, they are... Um, kind of in this cabin in the woods um it seems like a very bucolic uh california you know mountain type of landscape beautiful colors all these ochres and greens and uh you know um light browns and yellows and uh and they're, they're dressed in those colors too like you said and then suddenly uh from the very beginning actually they are the way that they talk and you mentioned this earlier is very stilted and very precise and they're almost like they are um hyper self-conscious in their way of of what they're saying in terms of like um uh separating the words from any emotion so it's almost like pure declarations like i am currently feeling this and you have just done that it's very like um how do you call that? Um, it's just statements, no? Like aphoristic statements. And um, somehow that's kind of a funny thing is you remove the emotion, which is in a way the kind of uh, a core, you would argue, you could argue of horror. No? Like the, the, the emotional reaction is kind of what uh, draws o audiences to, to this type of movies. And yet you remove all of that and you leave the pure structure somewhat like a pure structure. And that's what's interesting about it is in one way is that the emotion doesn't disappear. It kind of gets heightened. So could you talk a little bit about that? Like how, how did you decide to do that and why? And why is it so successful from a filmmaking perspective? Yeah, well, it's a little bit uh antithetical yeah not i think not only to horror genre but i guess that somehow this method evolved um well one of the uh, uh the kernels was actually being in cal arts and and becoming exposed to um not only a lot of great experimental film but also theater work because um my girlfriend at the time who is now my wife uh and also acts in the movie Mireya Lucio, um, simply by knowing her and getting to know her friends, you kind of come to realize uh, this very naive thing about acting, that you can have people do what you want them to do, essentially. Um, and then along with that, I, because previous work I made was very, very extremely metaphorical and very limited to basically no dialogue. And somewhere along the line, I just thought, well, I actually have things that I would just like to say directly. So why not just start writing script 
kind of in that manner, just writing down thoughts that I that I think, and then then the kind of the challenge for me is uh, sort of fusing that type of analytical script onto some other cinematic framework. Um, and I can't necessarily answer the question why it works, um, because sometimes it might not work. I think it's a matter of trying to choose the right genre and the right elements to pull pull out, which will hopefully have some thematic resonance with the with the subject matter. Um, and uh, I guess because of my own personality and and view of the world, um, my upbringing and what have you whether it's the fact that my family is English and we repress emotion or it's just my own kind of uh, analytical view of things, I choose to squash the emotion down kind of to highlight the, the, um, highlight the words, you know, because emotion is of course extremely important in human experience and also in movies, but, um, yeah, I guess it's just a it's just a, a a choice that is that I've that I um that I make. But maybe the reason why it somehow the height the emotion still gets heightened is because of this tension that just gets created from putting elements together that don't necessarily that work together um cinematically, at least not in a conventional sense. Mm-hmm. Um and there's also I think maybe this other element which is that the despite all of the control mechanisms that I'm using, there's this um, kind of human humanity that can't be, that I can't scrub out. Um, And it's kind of exemplified by certain performance ticks or um, not really ticks, but just uh, actual, the body, the bodiliness of the actors. Um, so I think there's that tension between knowing, you know, you're kind of like constantly in this sort of like, well, you know, do I go with, do I, um, do, do I take what they're saying at face value or do I, do I just see them as people, as actors performing? And I think that tension is maybe part of what, what heightens the emotion. Right. And that's, I I find that that's why maybe it's so successful because you really are, when you're um, listening to the actors speak their words, you mentioned the word that you're not quite sure if they're cyborgs already from the very beginning because of this disconnect between what they're saying and the fact that they're saying it in such an impersonal way, but they are people. They, you know, they have eyes and they blink and sometimes they can't control that they're blinking. I noticed mm-hmm. some of the actors were very good at not blinking at all, yeah. which makes them makes them look completely like robots and completely disembodied. So this tension between a kind of embodied reality, you know, and of being cold, of being hot, of being hungry, of being tired, of whatever it is in terms of your body, uh, then all the layers of, of meaning in terms of like the fact that there's differences in age, there's differences in gender, there's differences in race. So there's all of this interpersonal dynamic within the group that is just there right you can't avoid it and yet this blank performance so that that does generate a, i thought a very um maybe but that's part of the success of white so emo- even dis- despite the fact that the emotions being like you said tried to be scrubbed scrubbed out 
it's saturated with emotion no? and with this kind of uh re- kind of a, seems like not repressed uh, emotion but somehow uh the fact that it's so analytical and that it's uh emotion has been tried to be discarded makes it more apparent no mm-hmm. so I, i wondered if you could talk a little bit more to in a way that kind of uh since it's such an intellectual movie and i think part of why it's so interesting is that it's it's kind of like in terms of uh what it is it's kind of an art film as much as it is a movie it's kind of writing this line and i wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that you mentioned theater as well and since you were obviously taking courses in film theory whether you could talk to in a way the history of this type of filmmaking and whether there's some uh specific you know people mentors or or other uh, or, you know authors directors that you that inspired you in that uh type of uh, approach yeah um well i guess i i mean i i have to say that i really love david lynch i mean it's it would be uh, dishonest of me somehow to repress that i i don't know i have this feeling that maybe nowadays people don't like him so much or he's like gone out of flavor um uh but there was definitely a moment in my undergrad um art degree at um at Elam in Auckland when I just was extremely obsessed with David Lynch and I guess he also has this similarly um kind of highly uh well I mean he's much more into melodrama than I am but these this these kinds of performances that are still very um despite he allows a lot of emotion but they're very um synthetic in a way they're very like nicolas cage for example in some of his early in like wild at heart for example which was so like over the top um but i i guess i went the other way of like repressing all of that um and then i guess stylistically i would have to also um nod to James Benning who was a professor of mine at school who who I mean he inspired a lot of us there and through his film art films which are highly highly restricted in their um cinematic palette um and I would also want to say thank you to Claire Denis the um French filmmaker who was just I was also similarly obsessed with her work um I knew I didn't I don't think I quite drew the direct um inspiration but I think just her her uh cinematic universe is she it's just extremely um a lot of it is still has a lot of this tension and things are kind of happening you know the action might be happening somewhere else and it you it's sometimes not entirely clear um why people are feeling certain things on screen um but maybe it becomes r- revealed later um and then i think also because the work is very it is very analytical i really am just inspired by theory and and um current affairs uh people at school for example charles gaines who essentially rewrote my understanding of art <laughs> along with many other students at CalArts um Maggie Nelson Harry Dodge Leslie Dick people who just kind of revel in um in this uh 
way of thinking that that is i mean it's philosophy uh but it's a, it's a philosophy that is embodied you know their job is to try and um help all the students there make art um so there's they have uh, i mean and each of the, it's not really fair to put them all together it's just they were i'm putting them together through my own subjective experience of the school um so yeah i think it's like it, it's it, like i was saying before it's this kind of fusing of, of cinematic influences um of which i could also probably go on and on and take too much time to talk about other you know favorite movies um yeah and the the analytical side of this sort of like using philosophy or critical theory or um or just any kind of like reading uh of 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 the um reading of the world in order to understand what what it is that what we're doing on the planet like who are humans what are they what are we doing what is our um method of living you know a, a sort of dynamic between um uh, power and subjectivity and and so on mm -hmm.